This is the Birth Village Podcast. Welcome back to the Birth Village Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Brower. Today, we will be introducing Alicia Morris, who is a postpartum doula here in Southern Utah. Alicia, thank you for being here with me today. Thank you for having me. Can you start us off by just introducing yourself? Who are you? What do you do? Like you said, my name's Alicia. Um, I am married to my best friend, and I have three little girls, and I am a postpartum doula. Great. That's awesome. What is a postpartum doula? What does that mean? I like to explain a postpartum doula as a continuation of your birth team. So basically after your OB or your midwife or doula have all left after the baby's here, um, I am your support person who is there for you and helps continue taking care of you and your baby. That's awesome. And I think from what I know, the way that you have done postpartum doula-ing, if you will, (laughs) is a little bit different, a little bit unique. Can you tell me what you do? So I like to focus on the nutrition of the mother and um, focus on the mom instead of the baby. So I really focus on nourishing meals. Um, I offer meal planning and preparation and delivery for new moms. That is honestly genius. (laughs) Thank you. I love it because nutrition is so, 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 so important. Where does your passion lie in that? Why did you go that route? I got diagnosed with celiac disease a couple years after having my second daughter, and I just had to learn how to heal myself and how to nourish my body. And so that has became a lifestyle, and I just have really dove into that and have to incorporate it in my everyday life. Mm. That's a hard thing to do, to like change your diet and to... Because I've seen a lot of people have to try to make that life change, and it's hard. It is hard. (laughs) So good for you. (laughs) Will you tell me why you decided to go the doula route? So it kind of started back when I had my first daughter. I just went to the hospital to have my baby. I didn't do any um, education or anything like that. I just uh, trusted my OB and felt like you just went to the hospital and you had your baby and your OB taught you what you needed to do and that's how you had a baby. Sure. (laughs) um, I was very uneducated. Uh, I had a typical hospital birth, went in when I was in labor, they broke my water, gave me Pitocin, had an epidural, um, had all of the things except for a C-section basically. Mm. But um, I thought that it was a good birth. I mean, me and my baby were healthy. So I thought it was a cool experience. And so when I got pregnant with my second daughter, I just assumed I would do the same thing, go into the hospital, have my baby, and things didn't work out that way. I had a very traumatic birth and experience with her. And so I just told myself after that that I was never going to have a baby again. Um, I, I just really struggled with that. And so I ended up going to a counselor and getting diagnosed with, um, PTSD from all of the trauma and everything that we went through and um, been working through that for a few years. So after I got diagnosed, 
I started trying to heal myself. I also got my celiac disease um, diagnosis around the same time. Oh my gosh. So I just kind of went into this whole different shift of um, nutrition and healing my body and um, healing my mind and everything. And um, I went through a divorce and met Trish, (laughs) actually. And when I met her... Uh, we started having a conversation about what she did and she was telling me about all these magical births that she would go to (laughs) and just these cool experiences. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like I had no idea that people did this or like lived their life like this and had births like this. (laughs) (laughs) So it was just like a whole eye opening experience And I remember we were sitting at dinner and she was asking me about my delivery with my second daughter. And so I was telling her all about it. And um, she just told me, if you ever want to have another baby, it would never be the same experience. Mm. And just I remember her telling me how big education was and how how important educating yourself was. And um, so I ended up dating my husband and... We got engaged and got married and decided to have a baby. (laughs) So I started down the education route, just learning everything that I could possible about childbirth. I knew I didn't want a baby in the hospital, but I didn't think I was quite ready for a home birth. Yeah. So we started taking, I started just researching everything that I could possible before we even started um, trying. When oh, we, like way before when you yeah. when you decided you're like, all right, it's time to prepare. Yeah. So awesome. I started I started preparing before we even knew we were having a baby. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, I just kind of went down a rabbit hole. Yeah. <laughs> on all things pregnancy, childbirth. Um, And then we, once I got pregnant, we interviewed midwives and we were planning on having our birth at the birth suite. And then the midwife that we ended up deciding to go with, she is more, does more home births. And so we just kind of decided to go for it. It just felt right. She felt like she was our person and that's who we needed Mm -hmm. for our delivery and birth and so yeah, we just kind of went for it and oh it was really scary at first because that's not what I was expecting. Yeah. <laughs> we were kind of expecting um, a birth suite baby. So it feels like it's more important than in the end of preparing to, to birth a baby, like who you are birthing with rather than where. Would you say that that's true? I mean, yes, you changed yourself. So yeah, I think having whoever you're the most comfortable with is totally going to change your birth because it doesn't matter where you are. If you're not comfortable with your provider, you're not going to get the experience that you want. You have to have complete trust in them that they're going to listen to you and validate you and what you want. Yeah. It's interesting just that you changed where you wanted to birth after you met the right person. Yes. And (laughs) I think that's really not very common when you are going to have a hospital birth. I don't know that I know a lot of women who even interview their OBs. You just go to the one that you've always gone to for all your checks and everything. And then you just. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I, yeah, I, I would have never thought to interview an OB. So 
Me neither. <laughs> yeah. Interviewing midwives so was big. definitely a different thing, but it was cool because you got to see their different personalities and what they really believe and their values and and who you feel like makes the most sense for you. Yeah, because everyone has different personalities. Everyone isn't going to be the right fit for you. Yeah. So jumping back in to your story. So we took Trisha's class and we just went for it and it was the most awesome experience. And when we were doing our birth class with Trish, she had a bunch of people come in and talk to everybody just from the birth village explaining what they do so you can get used to people and see their face and see if there's anybody that you would click with that you want to hire like birth photographers, doulas, things like that. And there was a girl there who was talking about postpartum doula. And after we left the birth class, my husband's like, I'm surprised you've never wanted to be a doula. (laughs) And I told him, I was like, I've honestly been thinking about it for the past couple months, but I just know I could never do a hospital birth again. Like, I don't think I couldn't be a part of it. Yeah. I don't think I could go. I'm not ready to go back into the hospital setting. Yeah. And so I was like, but the postpartum doula thing is really cool. And he's like, yeah, I could totally see you doing that. So call Trish. (laughs) So I called her and um, she gave me a name of someone who teaches classes. And I Mm -hmm. went and did classes. And I was like, even if I decide not to do it, um, I still have the education for my postpartum because my first two postpartums were not amazing. And so I wanted a different experience this time. So I said, worst case scenario, this would help me with my postpartum. You can take care of yourself. Yeah. (laughs) So I ended up doing the class and I loved it. It wasn't what I was expecting though, I have to be honest. (laughs) Okay. It focused a lot on taking care of the baby and um, I learned a lot of cool things, but um, in my heart, I just knew that that's not the direction that I wanted to go with it. Yeah. So as soon as I took the first class, I went home and started doing my own research. I bought a whole bunch of um, postpartum doula books, nutrition books, um, postpartum healing books, and have just dove into podcasts and research and Instagram Uh. accounts and (laughs) just have gone down this path of trying to find the best way to support moms during this time because I feel like it's such a sacred vulnerable time in a woman's life and you go through such a transition um, going from maiden to mother that um, I just want to be there and know how to support a mom the ways that she needs supported. Because for you, it's about the mom, not necessarily. Well, not that it's not about the baby, but your specialty is taking care of the mom. Exactly. Really yeah. cool. Because with my first two daughters, I didn't have that support. And my postpartums were very hard. And I look back and I think that if I had a support like that or um, some education, it could have been completely different. And yeah. I just don't want moms to ever have to go down that route, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't want moms to ever feel like they don't have options or feel lonely or that they have no help. Yeah. I want them to actually enjoy it because this time my postpartum has been completely different. Mm. It's been such a healing experience. Good. And... Um, 
I just want that for all moms. I would love for every mom to experience a postpartum like that. Yeah. Can you tell me about your services then? What is it that you're doing to help make these postpartum times so magical? Because they can be scary and hard. But if you are able to enjoy the moments, then it can be magical. So will you tell us about the services that you provide? Because I think that they are amazing. I'd love to. So the first thing that I do is postpartum planning sessions. I feel like this is so helpful. Even if you have had a baby before and you have had postpartum, um, the postpartum phase, because every baby is so different. Every pregnancy is different. Every postpartum, everything is, you cannot have one postpartum the same as the other. So preparing yourself through postpartum is huge. And so I do postpartum planning sessions with mom and dad and just basically it's a two hour session and we go through everything and just make sure that you are prepared because I feel like if you are prepared and you know what to expect, then you um, don't have these really high expectations that you're not meeting and it's not disappointing to you if you're not meeting that yeah so it's probably half the battle (laughs) yeah so that is one service that I offer the next service I offer is meal planning and preparation and meal delivery services I offer meals to um, new moms after they have their babies I will bring meals to you in the hospital um, to your house wherever um And we can set that up however you want. I have a bunch of different options for that. So if you just want one meal after your delivery in the hospital, if you want to set up a couple weeks, um, whatever you want to do, it's pretty flexible that way. I love that. (laughs) I love that. I think that is so genius. Have you ever done like, or could you do gifts if someone wanted to gift a meal? Yeah. They could send one of yours. Yes. Very happy to do that. (laughs) So put that on your uh, baby registry, everybody, (laughs) if you want a super healing meal for your postpartum period. Um, What else? Is there more? Yeah. And then for after baby's here, I offer services to come into your home and help you with your healing. Make sure that you as a mom are healing correctly and taking the time that you need for yourself. What, what can that look like? So what I've been reading, they suggest to have a rest period. Um, they really suggest 40 days is what you need. But I know that's unrealistic in our society <laughs> and hard, very yeah. hard. So what I strived for was five days in the bed, five days on the bed, and five days around the bed. Okay. And so um, if you can set up help during that time, and even if... Like this goes into the postpartum planning part, but like say you have little kids or a toddler, you can set up toddler baskets around the house and have idea like little entertainment ideas, you know, to keep them occupied so that you can lay on the couch and nurse your baby. Yeah. Um, There's just so many different things like that that we go through to just make sure that you are getting the time that you need to heal yourself. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's so cool. That's so important. So all of this knowledge that you gained, I'm sure made a difference in your postpartum period. I'm sure that you said that. But yes, it, my postpartum was amazing this time. Still is <laughs> going <Yeah>. through it. <laughs> Tell yeah. me about the differences. Um, obviously, it's great this time. But yeah. 
and obviously the difference is that you're taking care of yourself, but what are the details on that? So with my first two, they were super colic. Well, my first daughter, she was very colicky, Mm. had a lot of food allergies, lots of stomach issues, and I didn't have the support. Um, So I was very isolated, I guess you could say, Mm -hmm. Um, just trying to figure it out on my own. My pediatrician was not a help. Um, just like trying to do all my own research and figure that out. And then with my second, she actually had injuries from birth. Oh, and so dealing with that and, um, the birth trauma, and then she also had stomach issues. So it was just a lot of different things going, like things going on in my marriage, things like that, that I was dealing with personally, Um, so that definitely affected my postpartum and this time I just have had nothing but support (laughs) and love and I was able to, um, get organized before and set up things. And like, I literally told my husband, these are foods that I want to eat postpartum. (laughs) I just kind of had everything exactly how I wanted. Like I, we had a conversation and I just told him like, these are what I really want in my postpartum. And he's just amazing and helped me have what I needed. Kate, that is so amazing though. Cause I, I love the part that not only did you set yourself up for success, but you set him up for success. Cause he didn't know what he's doing, right? Yeah. He doesn't know what you need <laughs> or what you want. So I just needed to give you some props there. Cause that's really awesome <laughs> I think, that you prepared him. I think that's the hardest thing in postpartum is, Not that couples don't have conversations and they don't talk because obviously you communicate with your husband, but I don't think that, I think it's hard for us to set expectations of what we really want. Mm -hmm. So. And that's where you come in and help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just being able to talk to your husband and tell him like, hey, I know you're not going to work. So while you're not working, if you could help me with this or if your husband is working, like, Hey, if you could just make me breakfast before you leave or get me a smoothie or just like little things like that, I think help make the transition so much easier. Yeah. And you're not feeling like you're doing it all by yourself. Yeah. Seriously. So who has been through this most recent birth experience? Who has been your team? Um, my husband, Yeah, (laughs) um, he has been amazing support through all of it. Trish was my doula. She's been there from before (laughs) any of this even started. Yeah. Also, I had Janae as my midwife and her midwife assistant. So that's who our birth team was. Katie was amazing. I saw Katie all the time. At Crux? Yes. Yes. She is a lifesaver. <laughs> um, Melissa with Sagebrush Massage. Ooh. She was also very amazing yeah. and helped me a lot. And Mallory. She, her energy sessions. <laughs> okay. She is so amazing. Yeah. You and I talked a little bit about that previously. Can you tell our listeners about your experience with her? So... I had a couple of energy sessions with Mallory. The one I had right before I went into labor, well, I guess a couple weeks before. Um, and we were just trying to clear birth trauma stuff. And she told me that 
during during our session, she told me that some of the birth trauma wouldn't clear and that mm-hmm. it wouldn't clear until I went through transition. And so I was able to talk to my husband and to Trish about it and just kind of tell them what I was going to need during that time through transition. And so um, my birth and my postpartum have been a huge healing from that. And that yeah. was a really cool experience too know I guess kind of what to expect and know that that trauma was going to be coming out through my birth yeah and to be able to heal that was huge wow really cool this podcast is partnered with tubby todd tubby todd is all about good clean fun for the whole family it was created with sensitive skinned babies in mind and each product works hard to nourish hydrate and gently soothe skin from head to toe One of my personal favorite Tubby Todd products is their all-over ointment. This is a balm for everything. A rich, creamy ointment made from plant-based ingredients like colloidal oatmeal, jojoba esters, and camellia leaf extract to naturally moisturize and soothe sensitive skin. If your family suffers from eczema, rough patches, redness, dry skin, or other irritation, all-over ointment is for you. But that's not all. Tubby Todd has so many amazing products for you to check out. When you purchase your Tubby Todd products through the link in our Instagram bio, you will get 10% off your purchase. To receive this discount, you must check out using the link in our bio. So what are you waiting for? Check out Tubby Todd today. This podcast is supported by Funkit Wellness. Funkit is a woman-owned menstrual health company that strives to provide education on women's health issues. Menstrual education is essential to understanding your body and how to communicate with it. They believe in using food as medicine, which I personally love. Our bodies are more efficient at processing nutrients from real food, which is why seed cycling is so effective at supporting a healthy hormone cycle. If you're experiencing mood swings, cramps, hormonal acne, irregular periods, or even if you have hormones, hint, that's you, you could benefit from seed cycling. And Funkit Wellness has amazing quality and makes taking food-based vitamins very easy and straightforward. But not only that, they have tons of free information, recipes to incorporate seeds into your diet, and resources to start becoming an expert on your own cycle. Use the code BIRTHVILLAGE for 20% off your order. And for a limited time, you can get a free hard copy cycle journal with your order. That's Funk at Wellness and use code BIRTHVILLAGE for 20% off. Is it all right if we dig a little bit deeper into your healing journey and, and what process that has been for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to give a trigger warning, though, because it can be, um, if we're going to talk about the birth trauma, I know that can be triggering for some people. Yeah. But I, if we are going to talk about it, I just want it to be known for like a healing purpose for maybe people who have gone through similar things and um, know that the your options and healing is available to you. It's possible. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And educating yourself is huge. And okay. would yeah. have been completely different scenario would I educated myself before her birth. Yeah. Yeah. So with my daughter Avery, um, I had my water break. I naturally I went into the hospital and things were progressing. They checked me and um 
They hooked me up to everything, said that my contractions were slowing down a little bit. So they wanted to give me Pitocin. Um, the one nurse wanted me to empty my bladder first because she said that that can slow your contractions. Okay. So <laughs> I did. And um, then they decided to hook me up to the Pitocin because I wasn't progressing as fast as they thought I should. Um, once they hooked me up to the Pitocin, um, they turned all the monitors down, turned the lights off and went out, just told me to get some rest. And I just knew something was not right. I didn't feel okay. Um, I remember telling my husband at the time, like something is wrong. This, there's something wrong. And, um, basically my next contraction just went right off the chart and it didn't stop. Um, what had happened is they did not put a drip into my IV. And so I had a straight bag of Pitocin flowing through my IV. Um, it caused what's called a tetonic contraction. And um, basically, I had a contraction for 10 minutes. The, my contraction didn't stop. It went for 10 minutes. And it was squeezing my baby to death. So her heart rate dropped down to 30 Um, they came in, they were moving me all around, trying to get the heart rate up. They thought it was just a monitor, wasn't reading it correctly. Um, then when her heart rate would not come back up, they realized that it was more serious. Um, they started prepping me for an emergency C-section. Um, right as my doc, right as they were taking me out, my doctor walked in and he, I remember him just looking at me and saying, you have to push her out right now or you're both not going to make it. <laughs> so like um, as in a C-section wasn't an option. No. Because it, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. He said that if they took me back by the time they had everything ready for an emergency C-section, neither of us would have made it. Um, so the only option at that point was to push her out. Um, so he basically like, I just remember pushing with everything I had and he just grabbed her and basically like ripped her out. Um, and then like, she was just completely lifeless. They took her and, um, then after that they, um, brought her back and it was like nothing had happened. (laughs) It was absolutely insane. And so it was just like, what happened? You know, it was just, it's such an unreal thing. And then the nurse ended up coming in and telling me that she messed up and what had happened that they, she didn't put the drip in and full stream of Pitocin through my IV. Um, so yeah, it was really crazy. Um, And basically the contraction went for, I think it was 10 minutes. And my OB said that the contraction was the strength of, it was 10 times the strength of the normal hard contraction that you have during labor. So like I literally thought, I just remember like crying, like why I like, I thought I was dying. Like, I just remember, like, screaming at my doctor, like, what is going on? Like, this is not okay. Like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was not a great experience. Um, But the thing that was the hardest for me was not getting my baby after and not knowing why she wasn't crying and what was happening. Um, 
but she ended up with a skull fracture. She had bleeding on the brain and outside of the brain. So, and she actually had um, the blood went that was outside of the brain. It ended up calcifying um, outside. So she still has a bump that she'll have the rest of her life, but it's not like super noticeable. I just notice it because <laughs> I know, you know what happened yeah. and where, yeah. So we, for two years, it was just kind of not knowing, I think was the worst part. Um, not knowing if she was going to have issues. They said that, um, due to her APGAR scores and everything, she should have cerebral palsy or be brain dead for the rest of her life. Oh my gosh. Um, they said like best case scenario, she'll turn five and start having seizures. Um, but they did epilepsy tests, CT scans, um, all of that MRIs and her brain is completely normal now. They said that there's literally no traces of scar tissue, nothing. They've never seen anything like it. So she had a full recovery, has no issues from it. A miracle. Yeah. She has big things to do in this life. Yeah, she does apparently. Yeah. So how... Will you tell us about how you've healed from all that? Because that is heavy. That's a lot of stuff. So it took me a while. um, One, to admit to myself that I was struggling with it. Mm. (laughs) For two years, I just focused on her and making sure she was okay and that she wasn't going to have issues because it was two years of not knowing. So, um, But then that whole time, did anybody take care of you? <laughs> no. Probably, yeah. <laughs> so, um we had after the after she turned 2 and they f- did all the tests and said she was good. Um I finally decided to get some help for myself. I went and found a counselor and we did EMDR therapy. She diagnosed me with PTSD. And, um, she helped me a ton work through that, but she did tell me, um, that if I were to get pregnant again, that the trauma would probably resurface because I was going to relive having a baby and I would probably relive some of that trauma. And so, um, in my head, if I didn't have a baby, I didn't have to deal with it again. Yeah. So that was kind <laughs> of, <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of my, you know, never have a baby again. So I did my healing. I'm good. Yeah. But it ended up being so much more than that. Um, not long after that diagnosis, I ended up getting my celiac diagnosis. So I feel like that contributed a lot to my stress. Yeah. And so, um, that was a whole healing journey in itself, trying to heal my body and my stomach from that autoimmune disease. Yeah. So that's where my nutrition came super into my life and was a huge priority was, um, healing myself that way and healing, taking the time for me that way also helped with the birth trauma stuff. Yeah. So that all played into my healing. And then when I met Mallory, that was another part of my healing. Um, she helped a lot. I've done a couple energy sessions and things with her Mm -hmm. and we've worked through some of that birth trauma and my husband too, just 
his support and um, being able to have a completely different pregnancy and birth and um, just that support system has really healed a lot. Wow. Yeah. Do you have any advice to anybody who's in the middle of or not started yet healing their birth trauma? Yeah, it, <laughs> it's okay to take time for yourself. And um, I think the thing that was the hardest for me was knowing that it's okay to grieve that birth that you wanted. I think the hardest thing was feeling guilty that I didn't appreciate her birth because I wanted to so badly and not having that experience that I wanted I just felt like I was robbed from that Mm -hmm. and so it's okay to I finally realized it's okay to feel like that you can still love your baby and love your love her birthday and celebrating her And still grieve the birth that you wish you had. Because that was what was really hard. Like her birthday was, it's it sounds weird unless you've been through a birth trauma, I think. But um, her birthday was always such a trigger. Yeah. Because it was like, I wanted it to be such a happy day and I wanted to celebrate her. And I always did, but part of me was still sad that I didn't get the experience that I wanted and I didn't get to bring her into the world in a way that I felt like she deserved. And it was the anniversary of something that was so traumatic for you. Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, it definitely was bittersweet for a lot of years. Yeah, (laughs) I can imagine how that would be hard. But yeah, through my healing, I finally am to a point where when it's her birthday, that memory isn't gone but it doesn't affect my day anymore like I don't have to have that moment for me to grieve that so um for those who are going through that um I would just say find yourself a really good support system um even if your husband or your family is very supportive I think you still need to find a therapist or energy specialist or you need to find someone that aligns with you that can help you because the thing like with the EMDR it was so crazy I had never had an experience like that Um, but basically you relive the birth trauma and what happens with trauma is it stores itself in your body Mm -hmm. and you can't process it Because when you're going through it, your body's either in fight or flight mode. And so it doesn't have time to process it. So the trauma is reliving it over and over again until you process it and get it Mm. out of your system. And it's like hiding in your body, just like stored away. Yeah. So with the EMDR, um, it literally was reliving that. So I literally could feel the contractions again and like was in like so much pain and Like, because my body didn't have time to process that. And so I had to give my body the chance to release all of it and to process it, what had happened, and to just get rid of it. Whoa, that sounds intense. (laughs) Yeah, so you have to be mentally prepared to go back to that space and um, heal yourself. 
Yeah. But it's so worth it. Wow. Well, I, I would just like to commend you for all of the hard work that you've done because that is hard, hard, hard work to heal something <laughs> so traumatic like that. And thank you also for the advice that you've given to everybody because there's value in that for everyone, not just somebody that's going through a birth trauma, but in any kind of trauma or even just a, a hard time in your life, it's okay to feel your feelings and it's important to feel them. And, um, wow, find some support during those times too. Yeah. But being able to heal and just to be able to, um, one, I was, didn't want to grieve that day anymore. I just wanted to move past it. And two, just to be happy and move on with my life. I didn't want that um, weighing me down anymore. And with wanting to have another baby, I just needed to get through that and process that so that this time could be a different experience. Yeah. And that I could enjoy it. And just move on with life. Mm -hmm. Keep living. Yes. Is there any other advice or any empowering words or anything like that that you'd have to say to any of our listeners? I would just say how important it is to have support during postpartum and to make sure that you have people set up before you even go through it. And, um, just in case you do have a hard time or something that you know that you have the people there to lift you up and be there for you. Yeah. Mm. Thank you so much for all the things that you've shared with us. I feel uplifted and empowered. <laughs> um, I'm not just saying that. <laughs> Can you tell us where to find you, how to get in contact with you if we would like to use your services? Yes, I am on Instagram and Facebook, Simply Southern Birth. And um, my website is simplysouthernbirth.com. Okay, awesome. We will be sure to link your Instagram and your website in our show notes. And as always, everyone, you can find us on Instagram at the Birth Village Podcast or reach us at our email, thebirthvillagepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear what you think of the podcast, hear how you enjoyed listening to Alicia's story and meeting her, um, any stories that you'd like to hear in the future or members of the birth village that you'd like to hear from just let us know what you think uh anything relating to pregnancy birth and child rearing and if you'd like to help us spread our message please we would so appreciate it if you would rate and review the podcast and share it with your friends a really fun way to do that is to take a screenshot of yourself listening to the episode and post it on Instagram. If any of you ever post on Instagram about us, will you please tag us in it so we can see it? And thank you. Thank you so, so, so much for listening. And as always, I'll leave you with this reminder, empowered women, empower women. <laughs>